2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey, you're listening to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our friends at 60 Helmets. I'm Don Maeda, co-hosted with Michael Antonovich, and our guest today, Skyco Honda's Hunter Lawrence. What's going on? So, Hunter, I, I'm pretty sure almost everyone in America knows who you are now, but are you still getting the kind of like, who's this guy at the races? Oh, I mean, at the signings, it's a bit like, well... You do get some people that like, I'll just grab his poster because he's sitting in the lineup. But I mean, uh-huh. yeah, getting there, getting there. I mean, not not crazy and stuff yet, but slowly but surely getting there. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, I would say after uh, Fox Raceway, a lot of people took notice. Yeah, I, I got quite a few this weekend. Oh, you got the speed, mate. Just don't crash. Don't crash. And another guy, yeah, just don't crash. And one guy asked me, oh, what were your lap times at Fox Raceway compared to the 450s? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea, mate. And there was quite a few intriguing questions, actually, that was sort of pretty funny to hear. Mm. Um, but no, it's cool. It's cool to see, like, you get more fans each weekend. Like, you, the fan base grows and stuff. So that's pretty cool. But everyone's been pretty supportive. Like, you mm-hmm. get a couple uh, keyboard warriors. But for the majority of it, they're all, yeah. they've all been pretty... Uh, pleasant and kind to mm-hmm. me i'd say <laughs> what if the uh what, are, what has been the best keyboard warrior comment you've seen <clears throat> um, 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 um. trying to think probably from fox when the guy said that what happened with me and smith my bike locked up he yeah. said that i went out of my line on purpose and rode in front of him to block him um so that we like he would jump on me yeah because being injured's awesome and you know we love sitting on the couch yeah. so i think that's what that's what I was trying to do. So other than that, that was that was probably it. And I was just like, come on, bro. Like, that's a bit of a, like, no idea. But honestly, it's not been too bad. Like, I've seen, you know, I follow majority of the American guys on social mm-hmm. media. And you see a lot of, like, negative comments and stuff on theirs uh, week in, week out. And it's actually been pretty, pretty good, like. I mean, I've had two bad rounds, one good, and, and mm-hmm. I've had quite positive, like, encouraging comments and stuff. So that's cool. That's always cool. But, I mean, either way, it doesn't matter. But it's always – you always see it and you're like, oh, guy's a dick or, like, <laughs> yeah, good one, mate. Like, you know, yeah. but, no, it's cool. It's cool. They've been pretty good to me, so. And you have Jet sticking up for you too. Yeah, exactly. You've got the 15-year-old mentally going on 12, sticking his head in and his nose in where it's probably not needed. And, oh, it's just – and he's, oh, I'm just sticking up for – big bro and it's like yeah you, there's other ways to do it and stuff you know like we've yeah but no it's cool it's funny it's people have a chuckle at that so is it been, so this is first year in america yeah i mean we yep. haven't even been on nine months yet really no um, no is it seem like the reception to you has been way warmer because everybody's pretty universal instead of europe where it's a different culture every weekend like if um, you figure it out like everybody's a bigger fan or it's easier to communicate everything across? yeah i th- i feel this might sound bad, but I feel like the welcome is a lot more 
warm and welcoming for an Australian that's mm. gone to Europe and then he's in America. So it's still in their mind an Australian, even though some dudes are like at sign like, Oh, you're that Europe dude. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, mate. And they and they walk off and yeah. stuff, you know, but um, yeah, opposed to let's say a, a European guy coming mm-hmm. over here. I, th- I feel like it's bad to say, but it is a bit of a warmer welcome, you know, Australian America get on really well Australia's like the little brother of America mm-hmm. in a way you know um, and between America and Europe there's always been that that rivalry and mm-hmm. that they always butt heads you know it's at nations mm-hmm. it's never um, all the countries versus each other it's Europe versus America you know yeah. like it's it's bad to say but it's it's true mm-hmm. um, so yeah like I said it's been pretty cool and the transition's been regularly easy i mean with the the culture of things it's not like oh gee that's weird how that works mm-hmm. like the only thing i've come across that was a little bit like hmm, that's different was this weekend we flew southwest airlines and you get a, a gate pick to go on the plane and you choose whatever seat you want, yeah. not like a designated seat so that was pretty different like, oh, that's cool we <laughs> never pick. yeah yeah like we we're gate pick 46 group b so we were getting on and there was just like one seat here, one seat here, one seat. And we're yeah. like three of us and we're like, hmm, guess we're not sitting together. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's cool, it's cool. So you came into Hangtown and, uh, you know, didn't have the luck or the finishes that you're looking for. Yeah. And then boom, Fox Raceway. You know, even though the bike broke the first moto, I mean, mm-hmm. you're contending for the win. Yeah, yeah. You know, proved that you're fast enough to pass Adam in the second moto. Mm-hmm. Um, was that kind of like a sigh of relief for you after Fox? I mean, or, or even after Hangtown. Yeah, like, it was, I, I don't know if I'd say a sigh of relief. I mean, Hangtown, I was bummed, you know, we were way off with our bike setting, um, which is another thing we've struggled with a lot is just not setting up the bike. It's what we're setting up the bike for fun. because the whole preseason, I've had no idea what to expect. I'm setting it up on amateur tracks Mm-hmm. for what I think a national is going to be like, mm-hmm. you know, and I've never raced a national, so I'm going off what I see on TV and my GP experience. So I'm like, gee, I feel like if we do this, it's not going to work there. And so we're, we're half guessing and it feels good on those tracks. And then we come to first round and we're way off. And yeah, it was just starts let me down and stuff. And Fox, we were, I mean, we did a big week after Hangtown to get this bike sorted mm-hmm. back on. We had, I had an idea of what, well, not an idea, but I knew what needed to happen, you know, after I've gone, yeah, like, and watched it and watched qualifying in the first race. And I've gone, gee, I can't even believe, like, how, how did I set it up like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we re- we did Tuesday, Glen Helen from nine until 6.30 at night and then we went to milestone the next day nine until 3 30 then we got rained out mm-hmm. and then we went back to Glen Helen the next day which was like raining all day yeah. and we were there from 8 30 till 12 30 and we were happy and we we're like all right let's get out of the cold like we got press day tomorrow and then race and then we did press day and then raced obviously and I definitely felt a lot more comfortable um and yeah, it, it wasn't a sigh of relief after that. It was more, I, I was pretty bummed, to be honest. Like I'd crash in the lead, like I was like, fire you know, that's just crap. And yeah. first moto was a bummer, sure. It, it was, first moto was a punch in the gut. I was just like, there's nothing I could have done except change a different line, which mm-hmm. you'd never change out of the main line. That's not over bumpy. And you know, when you don't have to, and it's just a massive boulder of a rock in the, loose dirt or something so mm-hmm. hey but it happens um 
but no, I was I was happy. I was like, yeah, I got to show them what I could do, and I was happy with myself. Like, it was a step, you know, it was a step. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a whole different series, a new pace of things, different intensity. Um, so yeah, I mean, this weekend was again a disappointment. You know, it just mm-hmm. it's the same old thing: two steps forward, one step back. Um, so we're just trying to be better and learn each weekend. I want to win. I want to win races and stuff, but. Obviously, you know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, you know. So we're just building, um, take away the good with the bad, take away everything we can from the weekend and and go back to the drawing board and just keep chipping away. So that's all we're doing. Um, Sometimes you hear AMA guys or U.S. guys Mm -hmm. go to Europe, the GPs, like Villapoto, for example, and he's all, dude, you know, I set up the suspension like I thought it would be good and it was way too stiff. So on the flip side, did you come here and find that your suspension settings preferences were too soft? No, they weren't too soft. Actually, they were they were too stiff. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. For everyone says, yeah, there's like that sort of spoken rumor about Europe's softer, um, hard or soft and softer mm-hmm. in America. But honestly, like at Hangtown, it was. Like, I won't go into the detail about what, what was wrong and stuff, obviously, but it was I'd never ridden a track that had such tall and steep braking bumps. Like, mm-hmm. it was nothing, and then you had just walls of yeah. braking bumps, you know? And the yeah. track was really... I guess it's a typical American thing, like how you come in, you down the, the inside of the corner of the middle, and then you hook into a big, deep hook right, you know? Whereas in Europe, generally, all the lines, they start like... A Formula One track or road racing, you know, like a left turn, you start outside, you sweep in. It's a, a lot about momentum. Mm-hmm. So where it's a lot different in, in America because you can't do it as much. Um, I felt at Parlour I was able to, mm-hmm. to sweep lines and stuff mm-hmm. more. Um, whereas Hangtown, I'd, I'm going to say I couldn't as much because it was like you couldn't come across six lines because it was like bang, 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 yeah. like a slot car mm-hmm. track coming in and stuff, which... <clears throat> It's not a bad thing. I mean, I should be able to adapt to that, you know, and it's but yeah, we're we're just trying to do everything we can here in, in Cali to to prepare for that, which is difficult. I mean, obviously the Star Boys can do it and stuff, mm-hmm. they're all based here. So it's obviously something um over time you get used to doing it on the races and stuff because I mean it's difficult here. There's nowhere to really train for that stuff mm-hmm. in, in South California just due to the weather and the the turnout of guys, you know, like mm-hmm. it's amateur guys can't recreate a, a national level track it's yeah. it's just like it's the same in europe you know it's it's not like it's only here that happens it's the same in europe it's the same in australia it's just how it is mm-hmm. so it's funny you said that about trying to find those like flowing lines because mm-hmm. i watched qualifying from hangtown on the app yeah and i could see you doing that i could see you like hooking from one side of the track to the other yeah. and then, like carrying your front wheel over stuff yeah, yeah and trying to do that and it just doesn't work yeah in that it was it was difficult i mean for mm-hmm. You're so set in your own ways. Mm-hmm. You know, adaptability is a big thing in a rider's artillery, I guess you'd say. So I feel like I can adapt to it. It's just, you know, in the back of your mind, like, oh, gee, if I could sweep this, yeah. it would be faster. So you like your stubbornness um, is kind of what pulls you back a bit. And, and also, I mean, like this weekend, for example, um, you only have such a short amount of time on the track for me, you know, so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to learn the track layout, the lines, the flow of it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'll do one line, which 
in my time in my head at the time I think is a good line, but I won't hit it perfect. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, ah, oh, next lap I'll make it work. You know, you're trying to make it work, whereas the other guys are just railing around it. You know, mm-hmm. like that's not the fastest line, but in my head I know, oh, I didn't hit that the best I could, so mm-hmm. I'll try and get it better. Which it's just time and time, and then all of a sudden you got checkered flag out, and you're like, yeah, it was a good lap, but it's was a good lap for that line, mm-hmm. but you weren't on the fastest line around that track, yeah. which is it's all just experience, you know. Like each second um, qualifier or practice, how you, how you yeah. call it, um, I've always been faster and better in the in the rankings than than the first one, you know. Mm-hmm. So Covington said that that's kind of been an issue because you guys over there, you have Saturday, you have a free practice, <coughs> and then you have, you have the free practice, the time practice, the race, a warm up on Sunday morning, and then two motos. That's a yeah. lot of time. Yeah, for sure. You have none for of that. Sure. Right no, now. we have. I think it's on Saturday we have an hour plus two laps mm-hmm. pretty much. You know, we got an hour and two laps on the track and then the next day we got a 15-minute warm-up mm-hmm. and then two motos, you know. So, yeah, it's a, a lot more track time. Um, and in the GPs at Summit, when we signed the deal to come here, we really tried to be better, be always, like, on it in the first sessions mm-hmm. at the GPs because, like, I was kind of a diesel. Like, I'd always be way better on the the next mm-hmm. day you know like i was ju- it was just how it was you know mm-hmm. so we tried to like i was the worst the world's worst qualifier like i'd be three to four seconds off the pace five seconds off the pace in qualifying and then come the race i'd be on their speed or mm-hmm. one second off you know one and a bit second off and then like the the florida gp two years ago i was five seconds off of p1 which i think was covington mm-hmm. i think and then the race year, I was battling with, with RJ and, and him for, mm-hmm. like, the race win, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, it was we've come a long way from that. So that's a big positive for me to take out of the first three rounds. Even Hangtown, I was fifth in, mm-hmm. the, in the group, you know? So um, that's big for us, especially against Americans. Like, you guys are unreal at setting the heater down. Like, that's a big strength of you guys, I mm-hmm. think. So, um, yeah, there's a couple positives to take away from each round so far. Are the tracks shaping up that different? Like, is it really that um, hard because of the lack of maintenance that you, they would do in the GPs and then how abrupt and how quickly the tracks go away here? Yeah, I mean, it's just different. Like, the dirt's different. The The black soil here is different to the black soil mm-hmm. there. You know, it's... And how those guys ride in Europe, it forms different bumps, you know, like these guys will just come into braking bumps, the same line harder, and then do that hard braking in in the same line every lap where when the bumps start to get big there, guys will start to jump them Mm -hmm. or change a line and swoop over and lift the front wheel, you know, so it's like the whole track gets just as rough everywhere. It's how fast you can ride the rough line, whereas Mm -hmm. here it's like, destroy this line next destroy this line next and then it's just like yeah you know so it's sort of like they just it's it's different it's it's hard to explain same as europe saying you know mm-hmm. it's hard to explain it's just you got to be there and experience it and and, and then you know yeah exactly yeah. you know as simple as that so hey this weekend in colorado uh you know it's obviously altitude yep. the bikes run different um was that a point of contention for you guys with your bike um i mean yeah, it was different with the with the altitude for sure. I think uh, our starts weren't as good mm-hmm. um, as as they were as parlor, and and I feel like um, my starts were good out of the gate. Um, just yeah, we maybe struggled Coming a bit straight into that. Yeah, in the hill, you know, we we struggled a little bit. Um, the Honda's great with with top end and stuff, so we just we got shut down before we got the time to 
to, mm-hmm. to get to where we needed to be, you know, but the altitude was different. Like uh, the bikes, I mean, they were affected by them, mm-hmm. but I mean, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Like I remember I rode the Suzuki in, in Mexico and, and that was like pretty slow. Like yeah. that was a lot a worse a step than what, what I rode um, just recently. Um, but yeah, it was like my body. I felt it in my body on the second moto. Like all mm-hmm. day I was feeling quite okay. And then the second moto, I felt like my stomach was sore, felt empty, like I didn't eat enough and stuff, which I guess might've been the altitude, but yeah. yeah, it was tough. It was a tough weekend with the starts and stuff. Are you excited to go back east? Cause the tracks are different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, softer. for sure. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's difficult at the moment to prepare for summer because it's so it's not like hot in california at the moment yeah it's always overcast way mellow it's, yeah it's like normally it should be 100 degrees from what people say now yeah. and, and it's like you know you hear all the rumors like oh it's going to be 90 degrees like 50 percent humidity and in east coast and you're going like damn it sounds pretty gnarly and stuff i'm over here in like a sweater and yeah. a hoodie in california going to the track you know <laughs> like so it's difficult but yeah, are you, are you uh, questioning your decision to be based in Southern California at all at this point when all of your teammates and stuff are headed east? I mean, we, we knew what we were getting into. Like, we knew where all the guys were before we moved here. I think we made the right decision. Obviously, looking in, into the future, you always do what you think's best. And then mm-hmm. looking back, you can only join the dots when you look back on stuff, you know? Like, if we hadn't have got injured in Supercross it would have been good, you know, because we had the yeah. Supercross track here with the team, we're testing, it's it's this and that, you know, like, yeah. and and all the other boys were over here before the start of the outdoors because they're mm-hmm. testing, and okay, a series starts here, but you test with the team, it's just they're here, it's easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the outdoors, like, it's, we're looking at it and stuff like that, but I mean, there's obviously champions that have been from California, or yeah. not from, but like, they've trained they're and lived trained. here, so it is possible. Um, but yeah, it's, everyone's different everyone needs a different environment some people can get there and and send it and and it's okay and other people need to be brought up in the environment they're going to race in you know so Mm -hmm. are you prepared for the humidity i mean i know we just talked about you being here it's cold but have you raced in much humidity before no um we have like we've raced in indonesia and stuff like that Thailand was super yeah and and it's okay like where i was from in in australia and sunshine coast was Mm -hmm was pretty humid you know it was like from what we hear from florida it's pretty similar um you know like you feel it when it gets real real wet and sticky and muggy it's awesome. super humid you know you got a thunderstorm coming in in mm-hmm. the afternoon and then it buckets down rain and then it's gone in an hour you know so mm-hmm. that's pretty similar to how where i grew up in australia mm-hmm. um you know i was there for florida gp that was a warm one mm-hmm. um and it was all right you know um but yeah, I mean, I can't really comment on it if I haven't experienced it yeah. full season yet, you know, I mean, um, but yeah, we'll see. It should be cool. I mean, I look forward to it. I probably prefer the humidity than the dry heat. Like, mm-hmm. I've gone through so much lip balm living here. Like, I every time I, before I ride, I'm putting it on because, like, my lips get so dry and then it, it changes how your mouth and throat is. You feel, like, so dehydrated mm-hmm. just because it's so dry, you know, like you're peeing like crystal clear water but your mouth and your throat's dry you feel like oh i haven't drunk for like five days you know so Mm -hmm. but yeah now that you've been here for a while um how has the style of life 
in the U.S. and California compared to like what you were used to in Europe. It's got to be completely different, yeah. especially because you went between two places over there. Yeah, for sure. It's it's different, but I mean, I'm pretty cruisy. Like I've got, um, I got my girlfriend here, my family. I got my little dog now and stuff. And and, and in Europe, I had still my girlfriend. I had a good group of friends there, and and you you know, home's as good as the people you have around you. You know, I think. <laughs> that's where that's where home is you know you can always get that good feeling with the people you have around you um but as far as living like all that aside i think oh i don't think i know america's 10 times easier for me to be here Mm -hmm. than it was in europe like the amount of stuff we had to do just to live in europe was Mm -hmm. like above and beyond you know like that was already like geez man it's tough and it's a struggle it's a grind and that was just to live there that wasn't even including the racing side mm-hmm. of things you know so um yeah i mean it's cool like i don't mind europe and stuff but like i said just to live there was a nightmare and mm-hmm. like just to be legal to live there was a nightmare and here it's it's a lot easier you know with my agent and stuff he did everything mm-hmm. for us and and helped us out and pav paved the way for us and yeah it was a lot easier and smoother that's for sure so <laughs> but it's cool Nice. Well, hey, let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our podcast sponsors, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is 250 Supercross champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Cooper Webb from the Red Bull KTM Factory Racing Team. Summer is here and it's the perfect time to get to your local track and ride. Right now, you can get up to $1,500 in factory cash on select KTM SXF models. This factory cash incentive can be used toward the purchase of a motorcycle or KTM power parts or power wear products. See your local KTM participating dealers or head to KTM.com-US for more details. All right, we're back at the uh, Kickstart podcast with Hunter Lawrence, and uh, we we're talking about how easy America is. Yeah, it's cool. What, what's the worst thing about America been so far? Worst thing, 91 Highway. Oh, uh, traffic. The roads in Cali. No, that's not America. That's just California. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, let me think, let me think. Airports are still the same. You know, everyone's bag comes out faster the closer they stand to the baggage yep. claim. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? I mean, in and outs pretty good. Had that once or twice. Mm. Cream Ice Street, that's pretty sick. You like that? Yeah. Oh, who doesn't like that? Oh, I like who it. Who doesn't it's like good. it? It's um, good. Me and my girlfriend, we love Texas Roadhouse. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the bread and the yeah. cinnamon butter, that's like, that's, good. That's, that's a nasty one. Um... Hey, he likes Waba Grill better than Flame Broiler. Yeah, Waba yeah, Grill's the real too, OG. Oh, you guys. That's, yeah, that's, there's no, we love Waba Grill. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's just the realest. That's sick. <laughs> there's mo- I've only had like Flame Broiler like two or three times ever. Mm. So it's not like it's really apparent. Fra- Flame Broiler's like Did put out. It's not fun. No, he barked oh, it. Okay. Shame walking by. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what don't I like? how expensive everything is in california <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really That's, apparent when you go back east and yeah yeah oh, you'll find yeah. out once you go to like florida yeah for a race how much cheaper the gas is there yeah yeah no we always always 
curse on everything and anything when the gas prices went above four dollars for no apparent reason. Yeah. And it was it's the just same the everywhere. And it's I was just, just like driving her. Oh, I refused to drive anywhere. What the heck's this? Like, um, the dog was copping it. Mum and dad were copping it. They were getting the attitude because the gas prices were high. Um, <laughs> no, nah, honestly, I haven't really found anything that's not to like. I mean, yeah. everything in America is it's a business everything mm-hmm. is profitable like it's just on service it's you know like made easy you know like if you got a bit problem there's a business to solve it if mm-hmm. you've got an idea there's a business to make it happen yeah. there's a you need to like uber all that stuff's huge here it's it's not as big in europe or australia i think it's getting bigger in australia but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean everything it's i don't exactly have the right word for it but like every, everything's possible you know mm-hmm. there's so much chance there's like just for example talking away from the sport like there's so many jobs available in in california i've seen like just driving to milestone there's places that want truck drivers they'll pay for their training and all that to be mm-hmm. a truck driver like there's cars driving around with we want like workers like rah, rah, like we've seen so many places that need workers and stuff yeah. which like you know you hear every country like oh man haven't got any work and stuff like that and they want government money and this and that but there's like there's so much opportunity so many opportunities here um to do stuff which i think is really cool like you don't see that in europe and you definitely don't see it in australia so Mm -hmm. um but yeah take my politics hat off and (laughs) um i mean as far as bad things i mean I haven't really experienced anything yet that's bad, so. Mm. How old were you when you, like, really wanted to come here? Gee, um, probably 15. Yeah. What was it that, like, I have to get to the United States? I don't know. I mean, you... Like, racing aside. You always want to be, like, probably from the age of 12, 13. Mm -hmm. Probably 13, I wanted to be an American racer, like, on a factory team, but you don't want it to the point where... As a kid, you don't want it to the point where you're going to find out what you have to do, where you have to go, you know, like a serious, mm-hmm. serious plan of like, all right, this is what i got to do. Let's start, you know, let's do it. That was probably when I was 15, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, before I got the phone call to go to Europe, um, we already had a deal for under-19s in Australia to go senior, like to go pro, well, not mm-hmm. pro, but under-19s. It's like the the class that um, is at the Nationals and it's like the stepping stone class to MX2, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, we already had um, a deal for that and stuff. So it was like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, we got to do one or two years here in Australia in MX2 and then we'll try and make it over. So I almost gave up on the hopes of being overseas straight away from pro you know and yeah. and then we just got given this opportunity so that was a big a big uh like courage pat on the back like hey the work you're doing you know mm-hmm. keep it up and stuff like that just when you were about to give up faith and lose hope it was like you just got a cherry dropped in front of you and you're like oh yes you know mm-hmm. like I, ju- I nearly stopped believing and it just boosts you up so much mm-hmm. more so yeah yeah i think it's it's funny to hear so many people be like, well, yeah, when I was in Australia, I saw all of this American stuff. And mm-hmm. like, what is it that you guys see down there that wants you, like, makes you want to come here? I mean, when you're a kid, 
the Australian motocross nationals series looks like the biggest best thing mm-hmm. you know and it and as a kid everything looks big and great and stuff obviously American stuff looked bigger and better than that mm-hmm. but at the time Australian like you know the guys they they have a pretty good like you know everything looks pretty cool and pretty mm-hmm. sick and you're like oh man you know like that's that's where I want to be and then I guess you get to an age where then you like you figure out you know how big the sport is in Australia you you know all the teams you know what's going on this team's shutting down that's this dude's looking for a ride and you're mm-hmm. going like man like crap i'm not that dude yet and he's looking for a ride like i mean you sort of see like how small it is basically mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. then you're looking you know you're like hey there's bigger and better things and you just want that extra bit of not extra bit of something but you just want that like life mm-hmm. that goal that opportunity to be the factory um Geico Honda rider, mm-hmm. for example, you know, like you look at that and you go, yeah, that's that's the top of the sport, yeah. you know. So it is, which it is, it's the top of the sport here. It's, you know, like the GPs have a strong, one of the best championships in the world as well. But here, it's it's just as good, you know. The Supercross mm-hmm. is probably a better atmosphere. Like the Supercrosses would match the atmosphere of the best GP, like a French GP or a German GP, you know, like mm-hmm. they have a huge turnout, air horn stuff like that mm-hmm. feeling and energy would probably just match a, a supercross, you know. Um, the outdoors are a lot, I think the outdoors here are a lot more tame mm-hmm. than, than a GP, than mm-hmm. a GP yeah. you know, just due to presentation, um, all that kind of thing and the effort, which is, I mean, normal i guess with from what you hear from the industry about they're just Mm -hmm. trying to get through outdoors until supercross starts Mm -hmm. again from from what i've been told you know so but then again you know like i haven't done a red bud on yeah on the uh, july 4th and july 4th yeah yeah. it is sorry um and like some of those east coast rounds which are a bit more crazier and stuff than like you know parlor or hangtown obviously Mm. the weather didn't help at hangtown um yeah i think what you'll end up finding out is uh it's really hard to build a lot of excitement in just one day yeah like yeah, you need two sure. days like for a friday sure. to like get into it or a for saturday sure. at the gps and then sunday because sure. it's the same thing in moto gp like those first few days are like eh. yeah and exactly. then you get saturday sunny and it's wild yeah exactly exactly and i think the stadium thing helps that in supercross because it's all it's condensed like, exactly and it's like a basketball game you know you mm-hmm. go you just watch the game like it's already hyped up before it mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. sort of a different thing oh i fought it again oh my Ooh. god Milo, mate. Um, yeah, whereas, you know, an outdoor thing, it's sort of, yeah, like you said, it has to be a It's got to build. Build up. Yeah. yeah, exactly, for sure. And, and for Supercross, sure. I think, there's a good number of fans that are there because they would be at the stadium, whether it was monster trucks or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just They're sure. just there for an event. Yeah, just... exactly, exactly. Which is, <laughs> it's awesome for the thing. It's more corporate, it's more professional. It's mm-hmm. It's got more of a chance of reaching outside of the sport sponsors you know more Mm -hmm. corporate sponsors and stuff like that because it is in the same stadiums as the baseball games the the football games the all that kind of stuff you know so yeah that's hey as far as racing goes this year uh what's your take on the way things are evolving and in both your class and the 450s like i mean Oh, do you even watch the Vorvides? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you watch sure. your, on your, your motorhome yeah. probably between motors or something. Yeah, no, I just had it at a parlor, but okay. we have we have the yeah we watch it in the in the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean Kenny's doing really well. Like he bounced back this weekend. Yeah. Um, Eli's obviously strong. I mean, 
I don't pay attention so much to the 450 class because, you know, you're in there doing your thing, you're watching lines, the front guys, mm-hmm. and then you're getting ready. But, I mean, 250, yeah, it's it's not something, like, none of it surprises me, to mm-hmm. be honest. You know, like, AC's fast, Ferrandis is fast, Cooper's fast. You know, all the boys are fast. It's such, everything's so close, you know, whereas in the GPs you got top top two guys are normally, like, always that level above mm-hmm. um like qualifying sheets you'll see that one or two and they'll be like a second and a bit clear of the next guy then you've got third or fourth um it varies till five and then the rest is like mm-hmm. from five to 12 is the same second mm-hmm. or whatever you know whereas here it's it's like you don't see it often like for example last year at the last gp me and prado when we were battling that first motor i think we gap third place out to 40 seconds mm-hmm. or 35 seconds which i mean it's not happened this year mm-hmm. i don't think and i'm correct me if i'm wrong but like it's like that doesn't happen as much in the 250 class here because it's happened it happens quite a lot in the gps like there'll be some races where the two guys or one guy is just like gone oh, mm-hmm. you know whereas here it's like off the start um, lap times everyone's so close which I think has a big part to do with everyone's on a pretty there's like 20 guys on factory bikes yeah. mm-hmm. you know whereas in Europe you got the two KDM boys in mm-hmm. MX2 then you got Husqvarna and then you sort of got the rest of the Japanese manufacturers which sorry but it's <laughs> they're not KDM and Husqvarna are you saying sorry to me because I'm Japanese no 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 <laughs> but <laughs> no 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 I mean sorry to the manufacturers and the people that get hurt when they hear this but yeah. it's it, it's sad but it's true you know i mean you ask anyone there they they know it's true um so yeah it's everything's a lot more level playing field here mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. are you watching the gps as much still yeah I, I still watch it my girlfriend's brother races uh you got back-to-back podiums he's killing yeah. it yeah riding really good which is awesome to see he's had a tough run um, with injuries mm-hmm. the past couple of years and uh, my mate jeremy Siwa, you know mm-hmm. watching him and stuff he's doing well second year 450s um, but yeah, I still watch it and stuff like on the Sundays, you know, come home from the race and then mm-hmm. we'll watch it in the morning and stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously yesterday we, we couldn't cause we were flying, but, but there wasn't a GP yeah, no either. GP. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. that's why we didn't watch it, but yeah, no, I still keep tabs on it for sure. Okay. Did our nods experiences here help you or did it scare you? Um, no, neither really. Like, I know he got he got a pretty bad sickness when he was here and, mm-hmm. he, and he struggled a lot with that and just some injuries, a couple of little things, and it just sort of set him back a bit. Um, but, I mean, it's not, none of it, despite whoever comes over here, nothing's... It's not the same nothing way for scares everybody. You know, because you, you have your own confidence in yourself and you have your own determination, like, ah, oh, he did this. Okay, well, gee, I, can, I think I could do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just normal. That's the same mm-hmm. thing that keeps... Australians going overseas like has been the past two or so years when they see me over there like it's just oh gee he could do this I used to beat him like yeah. imagine what I could do you know that's mm-hmm. just the same thing you know um, of everyone's com- competitiveness you know mm-hmm. so um, but yeah no it was yeah was that a fart? <laughs> no it was a snort <laughs> hey when there's uh, Wilson Todd and Dean Ferris here is it kind of like yo yeah, we're all we're like, all good uh, like, mates. Like I mean, now it's it's 
probably not as much as it would have been when we were back there, you know, like yeah. or but younger and buddies now. It's a profession, it's a job. Mm-hmm. But no, we all say good day to each other. I mean, it's me and Wilson, we grew up racing each other mm-hmm. um, from 50s and 65s. Oh, okay. um, same as Mitch Evans and Jed Beaton, you know, they're in Europe. We, we all grew up racing each other, you know. Jed was from Tasmania, mm-hmm. which was down the south pole nearly mm-hmm. and um you know and mitch was north queensland Cairns, and so was wilson so those two raced each other quite a bit and it was only like your state events your state titles mm-hmm. and the australian title where we'd all come together and race mm-hmm. each other um but yeah it's cool it's cool to see us all grown up now and see what everyone's doing so yeah it's got to be kind of surreal like i mean you guys are on the opposite side of the world and you're all here doing the same yeah. thing yeah yeah exactly it's cool no it's cool you look back on it and the you know, you see, like, my mum talks with Kelly Evans, Mitch's mum, quite a bit. They're mm. good friends. And, you know, you see, like, every week or so there'll be a different photo. One of them's showing me or Mitch, you know, of us on mm-hmm. 50s. Or, like, I posted a photo last year before uh, Motocross of Nations of me and Mitch in uh, Italy mm-hmm. for my first Junior World titles and his second um, junior world titles and it was both of us like kids in the Australian jersey and it was pretty cool like who would have thought this many years later we'd be representing Australia at motocross of nations you know the big yeah. boy junior world title event so it's cool really cool has it sank in yet that you're probably what Chad was to a lot of Australian kids like you're probably getting a lot of kids down under really excited and like I could do this too yeah that's that's the goal I mean it's to to know or to even even not to know but just if it was like that that's a pretty sick feeling you know Mm. because like i know how it was when you'd like for example i was a huge villapoto fan you know you see the ryan villapoto fan page on facebook and you're like oh man how sick would it be to be friends with him on facebook you know or friends with his someone with villapoto in the name on facebook that had an attachment like a tie to a tie yeah Yeah. like his dad or or whatever it was you know his brother tyler and stuff you know like it's all those little things that you remember how you felt as a kid to your idol like Mm -hmm. to have a kid feel that way about you is awesome like we sent a jersey to a little a little fan in in your i can't remember where he's from maybe Italy or something I think Mm -hmm. and it was for Christmas and the the dad sent us a video of his son opening the the present and stuff on Christmas morning and it was my jersey and how like jumping on the bed and stuff like (laughs) that's that stuff warms your heart you know Mm -hmm. it's it's like man that kid that's what he wanted for Christmas Mm -hmm. like and to see how happy he is with it it's amazing like it's no better feeling like making people happy or doing something good for someone else like the feelings incredible you know like you know when you do something mm-hmm. for someone and you can feel that they're like over happy and, and mm-hmm. enjoyed it and stuff it's it's a awesome feeling so. okay how about on the flip side of that I'd like to go further how is it now to like share an agent with rv and trash talk each other and have this relationship like that's got to be exactly. surreal to exactly. be friends with the people that you used to look up yeah to. for sure exactly that's another thing like yeah lucas does rv stuff now and like yeah we we talk and text a little bit on instagram and mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty cool. So it's, uh, yeah, for sure a dream come true. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't tell the guy, like, I was all that stuff, you know, but... You don't want to get him one? No, but yeah. it's it's cool, you know. It's really cool. I mean, for sure, it's like a little, like, tick the bucket list on your, on your life goals, you know, so... <laughs> nice. When Was it everything you thought it would be when you met Ryan? Or, well, did you meet him after he's already retired, right? Yeah. 
I met him after when he was yeah. retired. But I yeah. wonder what it would have been like for him to come here. Ryan's still racing, still a dick. A dick. You know? Oh yeah, dick. Was, I mean, he was great. He, he was, was great, but like you had to, you had to really figure him out. Yeah. Okay. And nobody figured him out <laughs> except like three people. And he's one of really? them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we sort of came. I mean, I was a massive fan, so I mean, like any video on the internet of RV, yeah. like I'd watched it, you know. So yeah. I'd, if someone asked me what I thought of him, I'd tell you what the people said that were telling yeah. the cameraman what they thought of him and stuff when yeah. they first met him like ac and stuff when he was a kid on 80 but no i mean it was funny i sort of already half knew what to expect from whatever mm -hmm. i heard and like lucas told me and stuff mm -hmm. like that but no he's a cool dude funny always up for a joke and he was cooking barbecue at parlor oh yeah cooking the flames higher kebabs. Than yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's gonna burn the place down out there with the red plates cooking barbecues and stuff yeah, he's way different now than he ever used to be. He's like almost like regressing into somebody from Washington State now. Really? Which is good for him. <laughs> oh. Hey, what, what, tell me about Jet, your, your little brother, because like I got Lucas cornering me. Mm -hmm. Hey, we got to do something with, with, with Jet. He's the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. He's a rock star, bro. He, he's really. a knucklehead. That's what yeah. he is. He's a rock star. He's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute idiot. That's what he is. That's funny I, mean, I, I remember when I was talking to you, uh, it might have been our first podcast, but I was like, oh, your brother, he's a little cocky, isn't he? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know if he's cocky, but he just gets caught up in the moment. Like, you can just, not cocky, what's the word? Like, you could tell him, like, hey, Jet, you're going to win tomorrow, aren't you? And then some kid, you get some kid, hey, what are you going to do tomorrow? He's going, I'm going to win tomorrow. <laughs> like you know like he's just, he just doesn't have like a filter he doesn't have yeah. a like you know we always tell him jet engage the clutch before you pull the throttle on yeah you know like engage your brain before you open your mouth yeah, in yeah. other words um so <laughs> yeah it's funny i mean we'll be at a dinner table or something and jet will say something and it's just we say typical jet and we'll just look at him and he'll go oh sorry <laughs> like you just say something you're like don't even bother replying you know <laughs> like we just Oh, I give him crap, but. So, what were your thoughts uh, on the uh, temporary neck tattoo and the and the? Was it a teardrop under his eye? He cut one of the tattoos to be a teardrop <laughs> on his eye. That's the, a funny. The teardrop yeah. is is for someone who's murdered someone, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it? Yeah. That's what it stands like. Okay. That's the gang tattoo. He ain't killed nobody. <laughs> he. He's, that's the funny thing. When we first got here, you know, just imagine this from a mum's point of view, okay? So the first first real buddies he's made when he's, when he got here, I think it was Hanson and then Twitch. <laughs> so he's texting Hanson and Twitch and mum's just like, we know how Jet is. He's a bit of, not a wild child, but like he would be the kind of kid you look at him and how he is and you go yeah we need to keep tabs on you when you're 20 years old 19 yeah. you know when parties clubs and all that starts to pop up on the radar like we need to keep an eye on you some reins on you buddy you know yeah and yeah like hansen and twitch and like they're both awesome dudes but you know like when the first image like all the tattoos you're like oh dude they're bad boys like you know and then we're just like typical jet like hanging like talking with them and stuff and but he's hopeless like Hanson will text him, where are you riding, bro, and this and that, and Jet, I don't know, you know, and, like, just barely text anyone back, and, oh, he said. Yeah. How did prom go for him? He didn't end up going. Oh, he didn't? No, no, no. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, Lucas yeah. was trying to set up a photo shoot with no, he the limo up, and the tuxedo. No, and he didn't end up following through with that one. Ah, okay. Well, <laughs> so, um, man, so you got a weekend off. Yeah. What are your plans? You and Cynthia are going to do something cool? Yeah, probably just, um, what is it? What's the, d- yeah, I don't know, actually. Probably might go into the beach or something with Milo and, mm. don't know, just chill do some normal stuff might go for a mountain bike in the morning mm-hmm. um but yeah just riding this week just trying to progress but that's that's honestly the priorities for this next week in a bit we're planning um we're going to florida um soon so we're trying to plan all that um i haven't thought about this weekend yet to be honest mm-hmm. with you um just getting through this week we're focused on the riding plan trying to fix every little tidy every little detail every little thing up so we can come out swinging at high point Um, obviously we're going to be faced with humidity coming from here Mm -hmm. um, which isn't super hot so we're trying to you know we're doing hot hit yoga classes (laughs) and stuff you know on the spandex and all that crap and um yeah all all the garbage and (laughs) you know so yeah is there some place you're looking forward to going and seeing yeah redbud Really? That's yeah, because I'm looking forward to Steak and Shake after the races. Oh, <laughs> steak yeah. and Shake on the East Coast. That's We had that at Nations. Took my mechanic. My mechanic was blind drunk yeah. um, from GPs. He was just waiting all year for a big piss up. And he got there and he after the race, you know, he was just going bonkers. And he had no dinner. So we took him to a Steak and Shake. Pedro did actually. Yeah. He's like, I know a place. We went to a Steak and Shake. Um, so you know there's one of those in Riverside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Pin drop you. I guess that's what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> no. There's a there's a good there's a good place in mountain bike first, and then you go to then steak we go and to shake steak and out. shake. Nah, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of iconic things on the east coast that we've seen that was pretty. Waffle pretty cool. House. Waffle nah, House, yeah. more like the Asian hibachi places are really good there. You know the ones the one where they cook in front goes? of you. No, no, the one that they cook in front of you. Went yeah. to one in Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Um, there was one there that was really good really good did you know and then walk a flocker walked in with his boys after we were leaving because he was at the gp he did that concert yeah, yeah he was at yeah. the gp and uh we left and then the the squad pulled up with this pimped out mercedes van yeah and then six or seven bros hopped out uh-huh. you know you know how they dress all the chains and the watches and all the all the deal and like damn like what's going on here and then yeah sure enough Big flocker going in for that some That was weird, the fact that they even had him. Because I was like, shit, I, I really want to stay and see this. Yeah, but I thought it would be too. weird because there was probably like 25 people that was going to be at that concert. I missed out big times yeah. at the hotel. I'm freaking sitting there getting to sleep for a GP. Big flockers out there going hard at the GP. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wanted to see him. Yeah. But, you know, you got to be serious. You can't go out on race night and stuff. So, yeah, oh, well. have you met anybody that you're like oh my god i can't believe i met them yet because i think so many people when they come like if i go over to europe like where do you live and i say california and they immediately think that i live in hollywood have you had that happen yet no not yet i mean who's what um you know like we've been to laguna we've been to there for like some brunches and stuff but i've not seen anyone there Lucas um, is the most famous Yeah, Lucas is Yeah, there. probably. I mean, geez. What's that hotel in Laguna that he'll take you to? The Surf one, and Sand? The one that, like, overlooks, like, the water. He's good there. You'll see somebody there if you go there with him. The Montage? Yep. No, I haven't been there yet. You should go there. I haven't been there. I haven't been there. 
Um, gee, I'm trying to think. Who's not really? I mean, seen? No, I didn't see Gronk. I seen him on the Supercross <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking he was in a Supercross, but I wasn't there. Um, I don't know. Probably Mookie. <laughs> James's brother I don't know mate I don't know have you met MC yet no no I haven't like I've met Carmichael that was pretty cool you mm. know like see if you'd come to our office today to do this instead of us mm-hmm. coming here you would have met Jerry he's our I've landlord met him. yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's pretty cool, pretty cool. <laughs> no, I've not met MC I've met I don't know it's all pretty cool like I met Weege <laughs> Steve Matthews <laughs> like uh Ah, uh, what's what's the other one that commentates Supercross? Langston. Sheehan. Sheehan. Ralph. Ralph Sheen. Ralph. Ralph Sheen or Sheehan? Sheehan. Sheen. Sheen. Ralph Sheen. Sheenan. No. I no, that's know. the freestyle. Right? That's the yeah. Sheen. Sheehan. Yeah. That's the yeah. Aussie bloke. Ralph Sheehan. Yeah, Ralph. Uh, Jason. Wiegand. Mm. Um, who else? Dude at the AMAs. Big guy with a little scruffy goatee. A little white goatee that lets you go. For the starts on pre free practice on the qualifying sessions, I've seen him. He's a pretty famous person. <laughs> See him on the fetch. AMAs. Yeah. Um, commentator, the AMAs. That voice is very famous. The voice. The yes. Supercross guy. No, no, no. The uh, outdoors. Rob Bidos. Yeah. You outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Bidos. Yeah, that's Bidos. He's the the like shorter kind of bigger guy with the white hair goatee. Uh huh. Yeah, I think he's a pretty cool dude. Um, one thing I think we're lacking in the AMA outdoors mm. is uh, when the whistle goes off for one minute. In the GPs, we have one That's guy cool. here, yeah. and he stands there with his flag, mm-hmm. and he has a whistle. And every two minutes, he blo- he has a stopwatch. He swings the stopwatch out and catches it midair, uh-huh. checks the time, swings it back in into his pocket with his flag, his big yellow flag, and two minutes to go till the 30-second board. Yeah. He blows in his whistle, two minutes, and he screams it. like Yeah, because he has that accent. Yeah, yep. yeah, like that European accent, real screams it out, and you go like, damn, that's authority. You know? and, <laughs> yeah. and then one minute, you know, and I think we missed that because there's a whistle here. And then you just got the guys on the radio, like three minutes, like two mm-hmm. minutes. You know, you need that mm-hmm. one guy at the front, two minutes. Me and Fer- Ferrandis joked about it at Hangtown because they blew the whistle and then he said, two minutes. Oh. And I was like, ah, oh, I missed that. You need that little stage to ride <laughs> yeah, up before you yeah, do the exactly. sidling up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's but Nah, just being silly. <laughs> nice. Wait, well, hey, we're going to um, we're gonna wrap this up. And, uh, man, enjoy the weekend off. Mm-hmm. And look forward to seeing you in action on the East Coast. Thank you. Thank I'll be you. seeing you at uh, WW. Yep. Anton will be at uh, Mount Morris as it's Father's nice, Day weekend. Nice. So mm-hmm. I'll be celebrating with my girls. Nice. And nice. I'm not a father, so not I will father, be at yeah. the races. Yeah. That might be a blessing in disguise. Very much so. <laughs> All right, on, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. <laughs> no, thanks, boys.